Hey folks, it's Chris with the Human Project Podcast. We're continuing our connection series, talking about how do we foster connection, as well as how do we deal with conflict and connection. Talk about balancing the truth in love. How do we deal with conflict in a healthy way that helps foster and get a deeper sense of connection than maybe we've ever experienced before? So listen into this episode. Let us know what you think. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited for us to continue our series on connection. Yeah. Because it's a big focal point for both of us, both in the business, ministry, all the stuff that we do. Like It's all centered around connection. Very important stuff to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And last episode, we talked about what is connection and talked about what is community. And you said being with and uh, aligned and goals and things like that. And uh, I really want to pull more on that thread of being with. Because if you remember in the last episode, we talked about uh, two ends of a continuum. One being where you are uh, completely isolated. Yeah. And the other being where you are more along what some might call codependent of always needing constant connection and uh, empathy and all of that stuff. Those are all good. So what I want to talk about today and what I think would be helpful for us to, for our listeners is how do we foster connection or how do we like grow connection or build connection or whatever Mm -hmm. verb you want to use. Yeah. Use, use all the, the crop uh, verdant green analogies we want to. Verdant. Mm -hmm. It's a fun, fun board game, by the way. Okay. The game verdant. (laughs) Victoria likes it a lot more than I do, but it's still fun. Um, Not the point of this episode. So we talked about this a lot in emotions part three, but in case folks didn't listen to that or didn't listen to that series, I want to kind of recap some of the things we talked about in there of how do we build connection yeah, and how do we listen effectively and how do we uh, show that we're being with and all of those. So what skills or tools have you seen to help build connection with another human being? First of all, I like that you just said skills because I think that isn't necessarily what pops to most people's minds when they're thinking about connection or empathy. It feels pretty soft and fluffy, which there is there's a soft aspect to it, but there are also at the same time skills that go along with it. Um, so yeah, you said listening. I'll just I'll just go with that. I mean the 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 uh, skills of listening well to indicate you're being with somebody. That that's a core a component of connecting with other people. So listening in a way that really shows the other person you're trying to be with them. Mm. That's the message. I'm trying to be with you. Not I'm getting it right all the time, but I'm just I'm trying. And um, that usually is what we would refer to as reflective listening. So it sounds like you're tired this morning because you were up late last night. Uh, you know, that, wow, is that, am I following along with you? It's It really sounds kind of ridiculously simple. And yet what you're doing is just saying, I think I'm following you. Is that right? And there's something in that act, even when the other person oftentimes realizes you're using a skill with them, that they go, oh, but you're trying to be with me. And it is extremely attractive. So that I would just consider that like the base layer, yeah. uh, initial set of skills that really convey that. Uh, Which, as we talked about a little bit more in depth in the uh, emotions episode, was find the emotion. That's why we got on that, yeah, right, on that track. Right. And 
what are they feeling that emotion about? Yeah. Because some people are natural thinkers, some people mm -hmm. are natural feelers. So mm -hmm. helping they connect those two things together is a great way of showing that you're being with. And a thought just came into mind as you were talking about that, about uh, it can feel mechanical. Mm. It can feel like training wheels. Right. And I think there's this mental burden we place on ourselves thinking that everything that we have, everything that we do has to be extremely natural to us. Yeah. And that's how skill starts is it starts off awkwardly. Like when all of us first started walking, we were not like, oh, whew, across the floor we go. I'm not going to walk unless I can run a marathon. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's, it's starting points mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. And I think reflective listening is a great skill uh, that mimics that, that shows that. Uh, yeah. Let's start to practice that and it becomes second nature to us. Yeah. I'm curious for you, aside from the, the core listening skill we were just talking about, what else comes to mind for you about being with people, about connecting with them? Yeah. Um, I've probably talked about this before on the podcast, mm -hmm. but I read a book one time. Book alert. That I was going to wait for <laughs> Shocker or something like that. <laughs> um, that talked about uh, connections really built three ways. One is face-to-face. -face. So you're having a dialogue, mm -hmm. you're having a conversation with each other. The other is shoulder-to-shoulder, -shoulder, mm -hmm. like you're working together or playing together or doing something together side-by-side. -side. And then there's back-to-back. Like you're fighting a common enemy okay. or you're working on something really difficult or going through something really difficult together. Mm. And so I like to think of really deep, meaningful connection as a combination of, of those three things. So like you and I have worked together for eight years now or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And we've had lots of face-to-face -face conversations, lots of connection, lots of conversations we've had, yeah. including here. <laughs> Um, we've had lots of shoulder to shoulder, like training and uh, going through things together and, and working okay, on classes yeah. and projects mm -hmm. and companies and all of that stuff, years of that. And then we've also had, uh, especially more lately since we've been business partners and working together in ministry, mm. a lot of the back to back. Yeah. Like there have been times that we have definitely been fighting something that's going on together right? and connected in that. And I think it's really helped build and strengthen uh, a lot of connection. Deep into that. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not just with you and me, but also with our families. We've been able to do that as well. Yeah. Bring those together. Yeah. I love that that picture of those three. It seems like um, it, there's a richness in all of those that when put together equals a really deep connection, yeah. a bond. Um, that any one of those by themselves is good, but the three of them together sounds like, well, I guess if I use the biblical language like a, a strand, they can't be broken. Right, right. Um, so that's a great way to how to build that, how to foster that. Mm -hmm. um, I would also go back and listen to the emotions series as well, because there's so much that's just a depth and a richness that we don't get to yeah. a lot of times, especially for males. Mm -hmm. that we don't get to without talking about emotions. Right. But we're all human. We're all feeling things all the time, even if we don't like to acknowledge that. Yeah. So going back and listening to that is probably another helpful way to think through how to uh, build the painting for emotions, if you will. Yeah. The second part of what I think would be really good for us to talk about is how do we balance love and connection with correction? connection and correction hmm. together. Because I think one of the other important aspects of connection and community 
in particular is how do we help people from themselves? Hmm. How do we help people from themselves? And I think I mentioned the the Bible verse last uh, episode about um, speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And we have a class that we teach about this that has some elements of conflict, has some elements of what happens to our brain when we're in conflict. Um, but I'd like to kind of explore that at a high level here for people that are in connection, but they feel like they're not getting that depth or richness, or they feel like it's just surface level and everything's happy all the time. Because hmm. that's, to me, false connection. Okay. Or easily broken connection. Yeah. A thin layer of it. Veneer almost in some cases. Yeah. And I think when something like that is exposed or you bring up conflict, that that might be a big risk for people when they're thinking, I want deeper connection, but I don't know how to bring that up. So in situations like that for you, Mark, what have you seen helpful for things like conflict mm. to help uh, get into that richness that's needed? Yeah. Let's first call it what it is. If you're in relationship, if you are connecting with other people in the language that we're using right now, you are going to experience conflict. That in and of itself is not necessarily bad. It's not, uh, doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't mean something's horribly wrong in your relationship necessarily, right? Um, so within that context, just to say, you're going to be connected to people, there is going to be conflict. So how do you handle it in healthy ways? I think would be the way I'm looking at that. So conflict is natural. It is. Not a bad thing. Yes. I've heard it said of anytime you have two people together, mm -hmm. there is inherent inconvenience. Oh. Inherent inconvenience. Yeah. Okay. Because you're working with two people's desires, two mm -hmm. people's uh, goals. Perspectives. And there's never going to be 100% unity on Beliefs that. that we don't even realize we have. A whole bunch of things come into play. So you heard it here first, folks. Conflict is natural. So I think the question then becomes, what do we do in those situations? So yeah. we're connected to somebody. There's some sort of conflict. Um, for many of us, it would seem safest just to run away. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about connection here. So how could we remain connection and, and possibly even be connected more deeply in the midst of conflict. Can I pause you there for just yeah. a second? You said it's natural for people to want to run away. For some of us. Some of us, yeah. Why do you think that is? It can feel very dangerous. It can feel very dangerous. Um, some of our experiences are even to the point of uh, trauma. We've experienced trauma in relationship that it was in a situation where we were, were vulnerable, even where we felt safe and vulnerable, and then that was in some way broken. Um, for others of us, maybe even if it doesn't rise to the level of trauma, we still learn through the years that it can be painful when there is conflict with another person. And so we just rather not have the pain. I mean, that's part of how we're wired. Mm. Hand on hot stove, I'm not gonna do that again. Mm, yeah, it's, it's that same kind of learning technique. Like a learned pattern or a mm -hmm. learned response right okay right yeah i think it's interesting because we know that there's something that would be good to be dealt with mm -hmm. but we tend to ignore it and or say it's not worth pursuing or i'm just going to extract myself from the situation and just hope magically it gets dealt with some other way it'll get better i'm yeah. sure it'll yeah. be fine 
it's not that big of a deal. There's a number of excuses we might use. Yeah, there's a lot of stories that we tell ourselves with that. So thank you, sorry to divert. And to be fair too, to continue that diversion just a little more, there are other people who aren't like, that's my default we just talked about. There's other people who would lean into a conflict or like conflict, cool, let's do it. But they might love it so much that they're gonna start throwing punches. Right, they might both both extremes again. Just like we keep talking about these these extremes, both extremes can be unhealthy. Which listeners, that is me. I tend to be the one that leans into conflict so and not the avoider. The, there, there's good aspects of both of those. We don't want to run in with guns blazing to every conflict, and we also don't want to run away from every conflict. So back to the question then, at the core of this, which is how do we handle those in healthy ways? At the risk of sounding like another rehash, I'll say start with connection. Okay. Like if you are lacking the connection, then it is going to be almost impossible to be doing this in a healthy way. So lean back in connection to start with. That's not the place you will always remain. But if you are lacking a connection, it's hard to progress from there. What I've found in disagreement can type of uh, conflict is that if I can kind of ask my perspective, my opinion to hold its breath for a little bit, mm. Mm. which is not to say I, I completely discard my opinion. That's why I say hold my breath, just temporarily put it on a pause. I'm gonna come back to that minute so that I can focus on understanding the other person's perspective and demonstrate to them I'm trying to be with them to understand how they're seeing this, what's important to them about this, what they're trying to get out of this, why this is so critical for them. If I actually can try to understand that and they get the message that I'm trying to understand that, that shifts the conflicts center so that we can talk about the thing that we are Mm -hmm. disagreeing about as opposed to, but you're not listening to me. Whether or not we realize that that's often what we're screaming about inside is the other person isn't even hearing why I care about this or what's important. Yeah, I think that's 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 really good of build connection, seek to understand, not diminish your own opinion, but seek to understand. Um, I went to a marriage conference one time, and I think this applies whether you're married or not, anytime there's conflict involved. And I remember they got up on the stage, a husband and wife, they were teaching this section, and they put something on a table and they said, anytime we're dealing with a problem and they pointed at each other, it's not this, not yeah. pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. It's this, pointing at the thing on the table yeah. and said, this is the problem that we collectively are trying to deal with. And I think that was a really helpful analogy for me to think through, let's understand the problem first yeah. instead of understanding or trying to be understood. The classic seek to understand before being right. understood kind of thing. That, that connects back to the three types uh, of relationship or connection that you were talking about earlier too, right? Instead of it being we're battling with each other, we're like back to back or mm. you know, uh, shoulder to shoulder yeah. dealing with this issue. That's a different type of connection. And the other beautiful aspect of that is if the other person actually feels that I've tried to understand them and I have understood their perspective, I can request the same thing for me. And that's when I unpause or, or say, okay, you can stop holding your breath to my perspective and say, could you could you repay me that honor? Could you mm. hear where I'm coming from too so that we can find how to move forward in this together? And I rarely find somebody, if I have done a good job of hearing their perspective, that won't do the same for me and try and understand that. It sounds like that might take a lot of work. Oh, tons of energy, <laughs> tons of energy, a lot of restraint. 
in some cases. Yeah. How do I keep setting aside my perspective to hear someone else's? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So to help kind of draw the thread, connection, there's going to be disconnection or conflict that happens. Mm. Revert back to connection and trying to understand. And then after the other person's felt understood, make the same request. Yeah. What, um, what happens next? So if you have gone through that, understood each other's perspectives, then the opportunity you have in front of you is what we would call a wicked question. Cause you, if you haven't come to realize that you sounds, both are seeing- Sounds very Bostonian. It does, wicked question. Wicked question. Pack the cat and have a dad. But it, it, you know, that might resolve what you, what we just talked about might address the kind of conflict, but if it's still there that you are looking at different things from a different perspective, you have different goals perhaps, or different ways that you want to get mm -hmm. there. The idea here is that you've crystallized what those differences are so you can see them clearly. So there's transparency around there. It's out on the table, yeah. the things out on the table, mm -hmm. you both looking at it, talking yep. about it and saying, how do we want to address right. that? Right. Okay. So let me flip the question back to you. If you have that clarity of what the this, the difference is in your perspectives. What do you do about it? How do you proceed from that in conflict in a healthy way? Uh, well, I'm going to give the consultant answer if it depends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tune into the next episode. No. Next question. That's like the consultant answer of pleading yeah, the fifth. Right. Like it depends. But it, it really does. It depends on what type of conflict it is, whether it's something that's actually able to be addressed by the two mm. people in that room or not. Mm. The general principle I'll try and go after is you brought it up for a reason. It's causing conflict for mm -hmm. a reason. There's something there that's not getting you what you need yeah, or what you want. The big difference there. Um, so you can ask and make a request. If it's within the other person's control that you're talking about, how do we make a request or set an agreement or, Hey, this happened last time. I'd really appreciate it if we didn't handle it that way again. Here's what I'd prefer instead. Wow. And it puts um, the onus on the other person to either accept or decline that request. And then you have an agreement. You have something you've created that you can go back to and say, hey, last time we agreed on this. And yeah. then it makes conflict easier last time because it's a breach of an agreement. That you can address with more clarity. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last time. This is what we agreed. It doesn't seem like that's what's happening. There's your you're back in the clarity of what we're disagreeing about at that yeah. point. Yeah. I think we like to talk about it as uh, discrepancies. Yeah. Of pulling up discrepancies, either you're not doing something that we agreed to, you're not doing something that you said you were going to do. Um, you're not following some external guidelines or things that are out there that general people in our uh, situation would follow things like that. So being able yeah. to go back and have a basis to stand on for conflict, I think, going back to the verse, balancing the truth and love, mm. that's a great way to do that because mm. it's not uh, putting shame on somebody else or saying you're a bad person yeah. or you're doing this. It's, it's more about, Hey, here's what I've requested. Here's what we agreed to help me understand. Again, going back to that connection, always building on that base. Yeah. So that helps do it in a, a loving and meaningful manner. Even the way that you said that too, is like, here's what I'm seeing it seems like these things are in discrepancy from where I'm sitting is also an invitation to, Hey, read me into your perspective. What's going on. Yeah. Right. That does, this seems to be a discrepancy because each of us have our own narratives, right? Like I remember there was a client we were working with 
And we didn't get an email back from them for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the story that was going on in my head was, oh, wow, that training that I thought went really well didn't go that well. They're not going to want to work with us, work, mm-hmm. work with us again. Uh, or, um, oh, they're, they're mad at us for this or that or et cetera. And I just found that the person was on leave right. for like three months. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That was not a narrative that I was constructing for myself. So being able to hear other people's perspectives with their narratives invites uh, a different perspective. Yeah. 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 So conflict in connection can be a really powerful and beautiful thing. Yes. So we talked about how to do that, how to foster connection, how to help with conflict. In the next episode, what I want to get to is talking about why is all this worth it? Because all of this that we've talked about probably Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of work for people that are listening. Even uh, we use the word risk. I'm not sure if that's come up if we Mm -hmm. said that yet, but risky. A lot of the steps we just talked about involve risk. To make a request of somebody else like, hey, can we handle it this way? It means the other person could say no. Right. That's vulnerable. To even say, oh, let me put my perspective aside to listen to yours is risky that will never get to mine or that mine might be completely wrong. Yeah. Who knows? There's a lot of risk inherent in what we've talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll talk about, because anytime we want to do change, Mm. we always have to evaluate the risk and the reward. Like, Is the thing that I'm pursuing worth the risk? Spoiler alert. Our preference is, and our position is, absolutely, it is worth it. Yeah. So we'll talk about why it's worth it, where we've seen successes of that, and we'll also talk about some failures that we've seen Mm -hmm. as well. So listen up in the next episode for Why Is Connection Worth It? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Behind the microphones, we've got me, Mark Wavell, Chris Conlon, and our lead editor, Derek Donnelly. We're a crowdfunded nonprofit, and most of what we do is free because of your generous support. So thank you for joining us in our mission to bring one million lives closer to the fullness of God's design. To support us financially or to learn more, visit us at humanproject.us. See you next time.